This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 490. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for listening once again. It is great to have your company. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, BYD has launched its affordable electric vehicles in Australia, and MG Motor has released a charger that works with all EVs. Which smartphones hold their value better than others? We'll tell you. And while we embrace tech during the pandemic, Australians have decided they've had enough. In the Tech Guide reviews, you're going to check out the Sony Live Buds earphones. Motorola has launched new a new affordable 5G smartphone, and we're going to tell you about the software that can make your Mac run even faster. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by our great sponsors, Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. All right, we're going to kick off with a with an EV a two-header, let's call it. BYD's launched their affordable electric vehicles, and MG has also launched their new multi-purpose EV charger. Let's start with BYD. This is a company that's been manufacturing electric vehicles in China for some time, and now they're finally going to land in Australia. BYD, by the way, stands for Build Your Dreams. So that's uh, a lot of people ask what that stands for. But the BYD Atto 3 is going to launch in Australia in July, and it's going to be priced at 44990 drive away. Uh, that's that's with 400-kilometre range. The 480-kilometre vehicle is going to be priced at $47,990. Now, I think this brings EVs within reach of a lot more people. The, the initial electric vehicles that we saw, Teslas and, and the other brands like Mercedes-Benz and Audi uh, and, and Porsche, we, we, they were very much the prestige car class and well well outside the reach of your average driver. So that's, I think, why electric vehicles have had a, a bit of a slow burn, a bit of a slow start here in Australia. Uh, it's because they were really out of most people's price range. But Cars like this, the BYD Atto 3, and we've seen others like the Polestar 2 that I spoke about a few months ago, the MG ZS EV, again, similar price range to this, and we're seeing other companies like Hyundai, Kia, all these other brands that are bringing EVs to the market as well. I think the, pardon the pun, the rubber's going to start hitting the road here for EV uptake. I think there's going to be a lot more people deciding on an, on an electric vehicle now that they've become not just more affordable, but as we'll talk about, there are more places where you'll be able to charge it, including your own driveway. I think that that's a, another thing that people are a little bit hesitant about, especially when it comes to electric vehicles, is where am I going to charge this thing? There's no such anxiety when you buy a petrol car because there's a petrol corner, a petrol station on every corner. So I think that once people are comfortable with the fact that, yes, they can afford them and, B, yes, I can charge it quite easily when I need to, then I think you're going to see a lot more people making the decision to turn their back on a, on a petrol car or, as we call them, the ICE cars, internal combustion engine cars, and take up the EV. 
Now, the BYD Atto 3 is a pretty feature-packed car, too, for the price. Comes with a seven-year warranty, has power-adjustable seats in the whole uh, – every seat in the car is power-adjustable. It's got an electric panoramic sunroof and an eight-speaker system. Now, here, get this. The, the really cool feature in the car is a rotating 12.8-inch touchscreen display – and when I say rotating, it doesn't just spin like a top. It rotates so that you can actually view the screen in landscape or portrait mode. So if you maybe happen to be watching a bit of content when you're parked or charging, depending on what you're watching, you can switch around the, the display orientation just as you would if you prefer to have a, a, a portrait-shaped screen. You're, you're well within your rights to do that as well. It's your car. You can do it, watch it how you like. But a really interesting feature where you're not locked into the orientation of the screen like you are on a Tesla. My I drive the Model S and my, my screen is in portrait mode, so it means it sort of lo- looks like the shape of a phone, uh, but that doesn't really help me when I want to watch some Netflix while I'm charging or some other content that's widescreen. The next Model S, which which uh, we I'll, I'm going to upgrade to that in another, another eight or nine months, I'm hoping, that has a, a landscape screen, so more hor- horizontal shape, so you can enjoy your content a little bit better while you're stopped of course not while you're driving but it just also it's it's a it's a slightly better shape i think for to to view uh, the map and everything on the screen a bit more comfortably now the on the safety side of course you've got the atto 3 has seven airbags it has lane departure warning an electronic park brake system electronic stability program that's esp and the intelligent cruise control of course, it's got Bluetooth, uh, DAB, digital radio, and a wireless phone charger. The Atto 3 has a Type 2 charging port, which means it's compatible with most of the community chargers that you'll find. And a three-phase charging capability will allow you to completely charge the car in less than 90 minutes. Uh, that's if you are connected to a supercharged DC Max 80 kilowatt charger, a little bit like the Tesla superchargers. So uh, that, that's you're not going to be waiting uh, too long for your car to be completely charged. Uh, the EV Direct is the Australian distributor distributor of the BYD vehicles. Uh, BYD, as I said, is a Chinese company, uh, which uh, BYD has been around for a while, and one of the most famous investors in the company is uh, a gentleman by the name of Warren Buffett. You've uh, probably heard of him. He's a pretty savvy investor, and he's seen he was an early investor in, the, in, in BYD, and I think has more than got his money back over the years. Now, the uh, EV Direct, which is distributing BYD in Australia, they've also got a new finance program. So they're saying customers can purchase the Atto EV for as little as $150 a week. And don't forget, you're going to be saving what what they say is about $65 a week on petrol. So you can put that towards the payments. Now, I've always said that, uh, I said earlier, one one of the things that have kept Australians from adopting EVs faster has been the price. And I think this is a really good, a really good example of a company that can offer value while having the the convenience and the 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 forward thinking of a of an EV. 
uh, they're going to hit the road in July. So if you do order now, you can place your order through evdirect.com.au with a $1,000 refundable deposit, and you can expect to get your car in July, which isn't too bad when you consider other companies. If you order a car today, they t- they could tell you you've got to wait up to a year to get it. So uh, the, the factories in China are pumping out the Atto 3 cars at a high rate, and of course, they are right-hand drive for the Australian market, of course. So uh, they say July 2022 is the expected delivery. Now, what about charging? Let's switch over to MG Motor, which has an EV in the market. The uh, the MG, uh, I've, I've actually driven this car too, the, the MG ZS EV. That is a, a, a similar shaped car to the Atto 3, so that, that SUV shape. Uh, the MGS ZS EV. It is, it is pretty much like a, a medium size SUV, similar to the Atto 3. But what MG Motor has also done is also launched the MG Charge Hub. So this is a charger that you can mount on a wall, on a pedestal. Uh, I think homes, office, offices, hospitality venues can can install this Type Two charging device. This uh, charger available in two two flavors: the seven kilowatt single phase, eleven kilowatt three phase configuration. And the beauty of this is that it's a Type Two charger, so it can charge all kinds of EVs, no matter the brand, as long as they're a Type 2, which is kind of the new standard now. Even a Tesla, this can charge. So a lot of people have said, well, well, this is this is more expensive than a Tesla charger, uh, which is true. Tesla charger, I think, is under 1000 bucks, but it can only charge a Tesla. If you get this this product, which starts at about $2,000, it can not only charge a Tesla, but every other Type 2 EV as well. So I think uh, if it, it's, it is more, more useful, I think, if a, like a hospital venue or an office would install these so any of their staff or guests in the hotel or wherever it's located there's a better chance that they'll have a car that this will be able to charge if they just have a tesla charger there great if you're a tesla driver but what about if you've got the other types of evs which are becoming more popular you're not going to be able to charge there so i think you're going to see uh, a lot of people taking this up and again if you are thinking of, of purchasing an ev this is something to look at maybe planning ahead if you say maybe thinking later this year you might get an EV, this is a product you should be looking at now so that you know day one when you bring your car home, you can, if needed, charge the car in your own driveway. Uh, the, 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 the seven kilowatt will handle single phase, 11 kilowatt, three phase. Comes with a five meter long cable as well. So you can, whether you f- drive the car in head first or back it in, you, you can easily swing the cable around to charge it. It's also surrounded by RGB LED lighting as well. So you can tell at a glance when it is actually charging as well. And looks quite stylish too. So it's going to complement the modern home or garage as well. So it's not going to look not look, look ugly at all. It's going to, it looks actually quite nice. Uh, and again, gives people that peace of mind that you can charge your car. Now, older EVs will still be able to use this, this charge hub. They might have to have an adapter. Uh, my my car, my Model S is is four years old now, so I've got an adapter so that if I do turn up to a Type Two charger, I just put this adapter on the end of my, of the plug, and that'll fit into my car. So it, it will, I still will still be able to charge it. Now uh, the plan is to offer three thousand charges to allocate them to selected venues and companies, and there is a link on the story where if you are a business wanting to install 
a, the MG Charge Hub, you can fill out a form to see if you're eligible to receive the charger. Now, pricing, 1990 for the 7 kilowatt, 2090 for the 11 kilowatt. 11 kilowatt suitable for homes or businesses with three-phase power, which is offers uh, slightly faster charging as well. Uh, so having uh, having the 7 kilowatt model will like what what happens when with an EV uh, the MG EVs at least they come with a with a, a emergency cable which plugs into a regular phone, a regular PowerPoint and then into the car but that could take like a day to charge completely charge the car but this this 7 kilowatt MG charge hub the uh, that'll charge the car in a quarter of the time so it's it's kind of an overnight thing you get home at night plug it in it'll be fully charged when you wake up uh, the unit's also weather-resistant too, so don't be scared to install it uh, inside or outside. The MG Charge Hub and the BYD uh, Atto 3, they are coming to Australia in July, but if you want to read all about it, you can check that story out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now, your smartphone, take a look at your smartphone and... Tell me what it has in common with your car. Give up. Like a car, some hold their value better than others. And and also like a car, we often trade them in for the new model. Uh, So if you are uh, owning a particular brand of smartphone, you may want to listen in because your phone may be worth a lot less or a lot more than you think. Now, there was a study done by Bank Mycel, which is a, a phone trade-in site, and they took a look at all kinds of values and trade-in offers and different brands of phones, and they concluded that, and this might not come as a massive surprise, that iPhones hold their value better than any other brand of smartphone, and Samsung are not far behind. Now, the research showed the iPhone's value depreciated by 13.83% compared with an Android device, which dropped in value by 32.06% on average. So that's over the same time period. After four years, iPhones will lose 47.49% of their value, so nearly half the value, while an Android device will, on average, lose 78.94%. So that's three more than three quarters of their value gone. But it's interesting comparing Apple phones with Samsung devices. So Apple iPhones and Samsung's really interesting results as well. Now, the, the, the study took two phones released in 2020, like within a few months of each other. So they took the iPhone 12, which was released in October 2020. And then they took the Galaxy S21, which was released in January 2021. Now, over the period of since since the, the a year from their launch time, the iPhone 12 lost 13.83% of its value throughout 2021, while the Galaxy S21 range, so the S21 and the S21 Plus, fell in value by 23.73%. But the interesting thing, though, is that the Galaxy S21 Ultra was the only Galaxy S in the range that almost matched Apple's price retention. So if you compare the iPhone 12 Pro Max, 
with the Galaxy S21 Ultra. The iPhone 12 Pro Max dropped in value by 15.4%, while the uh, Galaxy S21 Ultra dropped by 16.35%. So almost neck and neck there. So uh, that, that and we're talking about the Pro Max and the Ultra, so the flagship, the top-of-the-line flagship devices there, Samsung and, and Apple, you can say pretty much neck and neck. But if you have a foldable phone, I've got some bad news, they plummet in value. And this is, I think, the thing, the reason behind that is repair costs. They've got a real impact on resale value through these trading services who refurbish them and then resell them. So you take a look at the Galaxy Z Fold 3, for example, that would cost in US dollars $479 to repair. So let's call that 650 Australian dollars to repair the inner screen, so the folding screen, compared with repairing uh, the S21 display, which is 200 American dollars. Let's call it 280 Australian dollars. Now, the Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G, which was released in August last year, so August 2021, it was priced at US dollars, 1799 so $1,799 US. Bank myself found it lost in five months $1,039 in value. That's 57%, more than 57% of its value. And this is according to Bank Mycel and their their uh, experience in the field. Similar story with the Galaxy Z Flip 3, also launched in August 2021, and that was uh, $9.99 US dollars. It was valued 53.6% less by December. So, uh, yeah, we were not seeing the longevity, the holding of the value when it comes to folding devices. I think over time when there are more on the market and there are, it's, a, it's cheaper to repair and, and easier to repair, you will find that these, these values will change. Uh, affordable Android devices, so that, that, that makes up a bulk of the market. Products under 500 bucks were shown to lose almost 60% of their value in the average 24-month user cycle. Android uh, devices in the price range of uh, that price range or less lose an average of 41.8% of their resale value in the first year, 58.84% by year two, and 71.57% by year three. Now, just going by the brands, the brands that have the best value or that hold their value, Apple had the lowest average value loss, so they lost on average 21.93%, so they were the best, followed by Google with their Pixel phones, 32.46% value loss. Motorola came in uh, as well, 34.83%, and Samsung, 39.17%. That's just by the brands. So, uh, and, and that's all on average as well. And don't forget, Samsung don't only have flagship phones. They've got phones in every category. So they were kind of all over the place when it came to working out the average. Apple only had phones in the upper, the flagship tier. So their average was a little bit friendlier because it, it as, as this research showed, flagship phones tended to hold their value a little bit better. Does that, uh, does that cover you of the phone you're using? If you're looking at maybe upgrading, if you're a Samsung user, are you thinking of upgrading to the S22? There's some pretty generous trading offers. If you're an iPhone user, I always tell people, if you look after your iPhone and your Samsung phone, any phone really, you look after your phone, put it in a case, 
treat it treat it well, you'll find that it'll hold its value because it's in good condition. That's number one. I think that no matter the brand, if it's in crappy condition, it's not going to be worth much. But if it is in good condition, that's always going to help the value no matter what brand is stamped on the back. If you want to see more and have read, read a little bit more about that research, about the values, the smartphones that hold their value better than others, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, here's a really interesting one. Now, this is a tech podcast, so we love tech, of course. And so did all of Australia, most Australians during the pandemic. We really had no choice. So if it wasn't for tech, I don't think there would have been, it would have been a lot harder for people to cope, not only with working and learning from home, but just doing their, streaming their programs. Because don't forget, there were lockdowns as well. So we couldn't just go to the movies or do stuff. So there was a lot of the, a lot of our things we had to do. We were stuck at home. So of course, people were streaming and binging shows and playing online games and working from home, learning from home and doing all their usual stuff. And so tech, we thought, how good is this? Technology is really helping us out here. And uh, it, it was, it was not, not exactly good times, but it, we, we, we got through it. It helped us get through it. It really leaned into the tech. It helped us manage. Uh, but it's interesting. The HP's released, uh, released some research to show that we've, uh, we've had enough. We, it's, it's come time. It's been two years since the start of the pandemic. And 58% are saying, it's more than half, are saying it's time we step back. Take a step back away from our technology. Give ourselves a breather. Now, HP's created this interactive digital experience called Reflect. Now, this is a, a first-of-its-kind evidence-based algorithm. So what it, could, what it does, it analyzes our technology usage and sees, it judges how it's the value it's brought to our lives. So it's, it's not just tech for tech's sake. It's, it looks at what we use and how valuable it was, how much value it offered our lives. So obviously a laptop is what helps us do our job. So it's high in value. Uh, some other devices, maybe not. But the research revealed that nine in 10 Australians agreed that technology played a vital role in keeping us not only working, but also connected to family, partners, you know, whether they're in Australia or overseas, or work colleagues that helped us all stay connected. But that same researcher said, you know what, after all this time, after all the Zoom calls and all the stuff we've had to do, it's time to step away from our screens and really just have a breather. Take a moment of self-reflection. And you know what, I've got to say, I'm, a, I'm in favour of this. I'm, I'm like tech is my life. Tech is my job, and I use it every day for many, many hours. But there are points where I do make it a, a point, make a point of stepping away from screens, going for a walk, playing golf, doing a puzzle, doing a Sudoku puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, just not just not looking at a screen, doing something different to looking at a screen. So not watching TV on my computer, on my phone, on my tablet just away from the, the technology. And I think that's kind of the feeling that, that people are getting now where, you know, after you've had seven Zoom meetings in a day and there's a bit of fatigue there, the last thing you want to do is still look at your phone. While, while during lockdown there was not much choice we had because we couldn't go anywhere, so that the first thing we grabbed was our phone and just sort of started zombie scrolling through on our phone. 
But now that the lockdowns are over, travel, people are starting to travel again, tourists are coming into Australia again, I think it's sort of high time that we, we do step back and, uh, and, and just, just take a break from the tech. While it's fantastic and, and, and really enables us to do things and get our jobs done and, and connect with people, there are times where you just got to stop and smell the roses. You've got to enjoy the fresh air, go for a walk, do, do, just do those things where there's no tech involved. Enjoy the moment. Now, the, the research also found that there were people who attempted to sort of do this, like they did a bit of a digital detox, but one in four that tried the digital detox, uh, they found they fell back into their old habits soon after. But it was uh, one in four have tried the digital detox, I should say, but one in 10 found it was they're back to their old habits. Uh, so I think, look, it's, it's, it's pretty much – a case by case basis here. I think if you are like always on your on your phone and always on your computer, and you know if that if that's keeping you from other things like you know spending time with your family or enjoying getting some exercise, then I think maybe that that that's a sign that you maybe need to step away from it yourself. Just just enjoy a little bit more time. And nobody, your bosses included, will begrudge you. If you want to take a bit of a break, I, I call it a mental health break. I think it's for my own mental health. I, I do like to not be looking at a screen, just to be looking at the out in the fresh air or playing golf or doing something where it doesn't involve me typing or looking at a screen. But that's just me. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people like me, you maybe you included. So uh, maybe, you know what, tech's great, but there's a time where you don't need the tech. Just enjoy what's around you, your family, your friends, the nature hit some golf balls, whatever you like to do outside, go for a run, a walk. I think that's that's a, a really good break from the day-to-day stuff. And, you know, tech, we can't avoid – we have to have tech in our lives. No no two ways about it. I wouldn't have a podcast if we if we could get by without tech. I'm here to tell you that the good, the good tech and the new tech that happens. But uh, at the end of the day, no matter how good the tech is, you've got to take a break sometimes and enjoy yourself. If you want to read more about that study by HP, you know where to go, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated, Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. 
And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Sony have come up with a new pair of earphones. And I've got to say, they are not your usual looking earphones. The Link Buds are the new Sony product, and they look nothing like earphones. When you look at them, I'll do, there's pictures of them on Tech Guide, of course. That's the easiest way for you to see them. But I'll describe them to you. The the part that goes into your ear, which is normally a little like a thin little, thin protrusion with a little silicon tip, uh, that's not there. Instead, there is a ring that sits on your ear, not in your ear. So the, the tip would go in your ear. The link buds have this this circular part of the earphone that sits on your ear, and there's an opening. So that's obviously where the audio goes into your ear. Now these are open style earphones, so you can hear the outside world. They're not active noise cancellation, so you can still hear your stuff. But still, also if someone's talking to you, you can hear them as well. So you're not completely cut off from the outside world. Now that ring also contains the earbud's diaphragm. So the the speaker diaphragm is in there as well to save space. Now, what's attached to the ring is where the battery and the sort of the circuitry of the earbuds, and that that has a little wing tip onto it as well. So the shape of these earbuds, you'd be able to sort of put them in and twist so they fit on your ear rather than having to be forced in your ear. And Sony came up with this design they say after extensive studies of ear-shaped data, and they've been collecting this data since the world's first in-ear headphones were introduced back in 1982. So they've, got, they've done their homework. They've got a little bit of data behind them. And they are designed for you to not even notice you're wearing them. So they're not meant to be uh, like intrusive. They're meant to be just resting on your ear gently, insecurely, but not in your ear, forced into your ear canal, uh, very so that a lot more comfort there. I think. Now, the earphones themselves, of course, come with Sony's incredible audio technology. They've got a noise reduction algorithm, so it uses AI machine learning to suppress any ambient sound, especially when you're talking on the phone. That's another big thing I've noticed. Uh, earphone manufacturers are really focused on providing good call quality. Because I think a lot of people leave these in for hours at a time. They get a call. It's a hassle to take them out, switch to switch off your Bluetooth and talk on the phone. This is really important. I get a lot of people asking about that. That's why I often inc- always include now in my reviews the call quality because it's the, one of the first questions that people ask and one of the first features that these companies are now addressing, which is good news. So, yes, big tick. They can uh, provide pretty good onboard voice pickup technology and it does perform advanced voice signal processing so you're going to be crystal clear even in noisy situations now on the audio side they do have dsee which is the digital sound enhancement engine to upscale your music to higher quality they've also got the processor the v1 processor that really focuses in on the detail in your music uh, and offers you this really accurate listening experience now, the, the specially designed 12mm ring driver also helps with the rich and the, the sort of the well-balanced audio that, that, that Sony provides. And uh, what, what also is interesting, they also put the, you know, you've heard of earphones that have uh, gesture controls where you touch the actual earphones. Sony's offering the same control, but you don't touch the earphones. 
you touch the area just in front of your ear to adjust the playback and navigate your music. So I don't know whether that uses a lot of bone in conduction technology or how it works or if there's a sensor or something in front of it, but it does – all you have to do is tap in front of your ear, in front of the earphone, not the earphones themselves. I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying these out for myself. Another feature that's pretty cool too, and this has been seen on uh, other Sony uh, headphones and earphones in the past, is speak to chat. So what that allows you to do, this is the feature which if you start talking, it'll pause your music as soon as, as, soon as it detects that you're speaking. So say you, you've walked up to a cafe and want to order a coffee, or you run into a friend and you start talking, it'll immediately pause so you can hear them and hear yourself and then the, as soon as you stop talking, it'll resume and, and play your music or your podcast uh, automatically as well. The, the downside of that is that you can't sing along. If you like to sing out loud to your, to your music, uh, it's, you need to disable that feature because it'll, it's going to be pausing every time it hears you. But, uh, yeah, a handy feature, though. I, I like to use that when I'm listening to the Sony earphones. These new earphones too, the Sony LinkBuds, also support Google's new Fast Pair feature. This, for anyone who owns an iPhone, they'll understand what this is. When you uh, when you pair a new pair of AirPods to your phone, you know, a little picture appears on the front. You just hit pair and you're done. Well, that's basically Android, the new Google Fast Pair. So if you've got an Android device, you open it up, it, the picture will appear on the front. You hit pair, and boom, you're done. Uh, that'll also uh, that'll help you get paired quickly. It's also compatible. Uh, you can link with your Windows devices too with Swift Pair as well. Uh, there's a built-in compass and gyro sensor inside, so it, it does support Microsoft Soundscape. So with the gyro and sensor, it can detect the direction of your head and allow you to hear the sound from a destination without you having to hold a phone uh, as well. The Link Buds also have an IPX4 water resistance, so no worries about sweating it out or getting a splash if you're out in the rain. 5.5-hour battery life, um, I reckon that could be a bit better, but I haven't tested them yet, could be more. Uh, there's an additional 12 hours in the case. Now, you can expect these in April 2022, so in another, let's say, six weeks, and they're going to be priced at $299.95. If you want to take a closer look at the Sony Live Buds, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Motorola have just released a new device, the Moto G51 5G, and this is a great example of the the growing value we're getting with smartphones. This is a pretty feature-packed 5G phone, so it's 5G, got a nice big screen, 6.8-inch display, it's got a great camera system, 120 hertz refresh rate, and it's under 400 bucks, so 399 has a really nice premium look too, flagship looks, really sleek look, rounded corners and nice colours, indigo blue and bright silver. But it does uh, punch a bit above its weight. It's running Android 11. It's powered by the Snapdragon 480 Plus mobile platform, 6 gig of RAM, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. So you'll, that's all day and then, and then some uh, performance on a single charge. Triple camera system, so 50 megapixel main camera, 8 megapixel wide angle, 2 megapixel macro. And for you selfie lovers, front-facing 13 megapixel camera 
as well. Now, the camera itself has quad pixel technology, so you're getting much sharper shots, especially in low light, low light conditions, four times better low light sensitivity. So you're going to get some pretty improved results, some impressive results there. And I, I do like the macro vision camera. So I think macro photography is a whole other pursuit of photography where you're getting really close to your subject and taking these impossibly close images of objects and bugs and flowers and all these kinds of things. I reckon that's a really creative area of photography. And now Motorola allows you to do that with its dedicated macro vision camera. So you're getting even closer and personal to your tiny little subjects. Now, audio-wise, the G51 5G has three-dimensional sound thanks to the Dolby Atmos on board, so your music, movies, games are going to sound even better. Now, in terms of storage, there's a 128 gig built-in. That's plenty of room for your photos, videos, songs, apps, and games, but the good news is you can take that further with a dedicated micro SD card slot and all available for under under 400 bucks. 5G for under 400. I think 2022 is going to be the year where we're going to see uh, 5G will come in under 300 at one point. I think it's going to be the new, it's like, like buying a TV. You can't not buy a 4K TV. I think by the end of 2022, you won't be able to not buy a 5G phone. I'm pretty sure most of the market, or maybe into 23, but I think the 5, 5G is growing. Not only the, the networks are growing, so there's more places to have 5G technology, so that's faster connections, uh, lower latency, all these benefits of 5G. And because you've got to remember, people use these devices to create content, They're, whether it's a social media post or a photo, whatever they're creating, they want to share it. So having 5G just helps them share that even faster and easier. Uh, and the camera system and the nice big 6.8-inch display means you can not only create the content but also view content on the move as well and you can stream that in using 5G so that all helps so the Moto G5 5G is 399 bucks and you can buy it from JB Hi-Fi if you want to take a closer look check it out at techguide.com.au Now, anyone who owns a car will know that you really got to maintain it for it to run properly. I think that that's kind of a, a given. We, we we know that we need to you know, go get a service, you know, get an oil grease and oil chain, change the filters, uh, and the car runs better. Well, the same thing can be said for our computers and especially our Macs, because if you treat it right and declutter from time to time, it will run better. And there's a really easy way for you to do that now with a new application called CCleaner for Mac 2, which is a way for you to optimize your Mac, save your hard disk space, and then even, thanks to the browser to the browser feature, even boost your privacy a little bit. So uh, th this is an application that there are two versions. There's a free and a pro version. The free version includes most of the features. The pro version includes the all those features and some premium features, which I'll get to. But it includes a disk cleaner. So basically clearing the clutter. So what it does, it runs a scan of your disks and shows you 
where you can clean up. So it's got any, if you've got any, so not only will it look at your hard drive, you've got any attached storage drives, it'll look at them as well. So it'll look for cache files, other cache data, long forgotten large downloaded files, other hidden files like video edit files, ISO files, virtual machines, and you will be surprised at how much space you can get back. There's a lot of clutter that's in the little nooks and crannies of your Mac. My initial scan it detected there was like 1.3 terabytes of stuff that it found, but obviously I didn't want to get rid of all of that. I needed to keep some of that or most of that. But uh, what I did, what I did get back after our first scan of my iMac was 26.4 gigabytes of junk I got rid of. I got that space back on the hard drive. So getting rid of that crap does help your Mac run a little bit faster. So it completes its scan, then you can go in and select what you want to get rid of. Like there were a lot of files that I needed to keep, obviously, but there were other ones. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I've still got that. It was like a downloaded file that I didn't need or a press kit or something. So I, I ticked the boxes there and got rid of them in, in and got back 26.4 gig of, of space. So declutter, more space, win-win. Now, I mentioned too about the privacy and the browser cleaner. Now, one of uh, our browsers are probably one of the most used applications that we have on our computers. And CC, CCleaner for Mac 2 can get in and scan for redundant browser cache files, history cookies, and autofill data. I think cookies are what follow us around. It works on Safari, Chrome, and Edge for Mac OS. So removing these cookies helps increase our online privacy and security because without removing those cookies, you'll notice that, I'm sure that you've done a search on Google, say you're looking for a surfboard on, on Google. Suddenly you're seeing ads for surfboards everywhere. They're cookies that are in your browser that are following you to every site you visit thanks to those cookies. And if that doesn't make you, if, if you want to get rid of that, this this C Cleaner for Mac 2 can get rid of those cookies and increase your privacy so that, that you can't be tracked across the internet as easily. So that's that's handy feature on its own. Now, the professional version includes a feature that I've been asked about so many times, and that's a photo cleaner. So if you want to pay 48 bucks for a 12 month for 12 month license, you can get this feature, the photo cleaner, and what it does it can not only detect duplicated images. That's the thing people ask for. What can I get? I've du- a lot of duplicated images in my photo library. How do I get rid of them? This is the way you do it. The photo cleaner can not only detect the duplicated images. So it does. It runs a check and sees, oh, hang on, that's the same photo four times. It can detect that, and you can then tick the ones you want to get rid of. But get this, it can also detect poor images as well. So it's got an algorithm that searches for poorly lit images, blurry images. So you want to get rid of them as well. And, and you think about it, photos and videos take up so much space on our computers that deleting the duplicates and the poor images will give us back a lot of space. The other, the other feature too is it's an app uninstaller and it's not just as easy as dragging the application on a Mac to the trash because there's a lot of other little shifty little files that exist in libraries and all that around the place. So you might have got rid of the application, but there's a lot of the baggage left behind that you, unless you use an application like this, you're going to not find. So that's another great feature too. And again, I, I did this during for my review here. I looked through my the app uninstalled. It listed all the apps installed. And I'm thinking, I haven't used that. It tells you the last time you used the app. And there was one that was like two years ago. So it tells you the last time it was opened. And I, I got rid of eight applications on my Mac 
And getting rid of those eight applications gave me back another 3.6 gig of data, of royal de- of space on the hard drive. So I think, uh, and also all up, that's the 30 gig I've got back just in one scan. And sort of the, the more you use it, it it'll, it'll hone in even better. So I think a worthy investment if you're running a Mac, uh, the the professional version I think has a license for up to three computers. So if you want to pay the forty eight bucks for twelve months, uh, and the free features of course are free on all, all all Macs, but the photo cleaner is is not part of the free version. That that's what uh, you'll have to pay for with the professional version. C cleaner for Mac. Uh, two, it's the second version, it's had a bit of a revamp, but I found it to be a valuable tool if you are a Mac user and you want your Mac to be humming along nicely, no clutter, extra hard disk space, more privacy while you're browsing, no duplicated photos or blurry photos, and uninstalled apps that you don't use, I think we're on a winner here. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin, they're the company that provide great cables, power banks, MagSafe products, speakers, earphones, you name it, they've got it. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, here's another question I get asked, I think, about four or five times a week, especially when I'm on the radio. People are asking, should I run the Windows 11 upgrade? They get the message on their computer, you know, you can upgrade to Windows 11, and a lot of them are scared. A lot of them think, should I do it? Is it safe? What do I do? Uh, They're a little bit apprehensive about running this upgrade. You know what? My short answer is, yes, run it. Do it. Any any upgrade, I think a lot of people, they don't realize that, yes, it might look slightly different, it might do different things, but at its its core, an upgrade is going to give you better performance and better security. I think that's the bottom line. And who who doesn't want that? I know that we're all familiar with our current system and change is hard, but Windows 11, I think, is a huge improvement over Windows 10. Yes, it does have a slight difference uh, in terms of, like, cosmetically. It does look a little bit different. The start screen's in the middle, the start menu's in the middle, and the slight different change in fonts and just slightly different look and feel. But there is better features, better built-in security, uh, better multitasking uh, features for productivity, so there's all these things. So design, yes, it's improved. There's a feature called Snap Layout, so you can easily uh, position where all your, your applications need to run. There's even widgets now, so anyone who uses an Android phone, even iPhones now have little widgets, so you've got these little mini applications that are at your fingertips. And the security's been improved as well. So I think the, the Windows 11 built-in security technologies are really improved. They uh, Microsoft says Windows 11 will have zero trust-ready operating systems. So that means that... 
any any uh, any kind of threats that are detected it'll uh, the zero trust means it's not going to just let anything pass by your system it's not going to trust anything until it's confirmed that it's safe so just on the security side i think it's well worth the upgrade and if your computer's telling you you can run the upgrade then your computer can run the upgrade and that you should run the upgrade And that is The Full-Time Siren. That's our show for this week. If you need to find out anything that we've spoken about, if you need to find out about anything more we've spoken about, is all on techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Email us, info at techguide.com.au or hit the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the homepage. I uh, want to give a special thanks to, to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe on Line. Please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. Mm-hmm.